Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week, we have details on the Lackawanna Give Back Festival, an autism event coming up in June, getting ready for the election with help from AARP, I'll introduce you to a Gift of Life ambassador in Hazleton doing great work. But first, we meet Katrina Gentner. She's the founder of Our Brothers Keepers Foundation. The group has events planned to help erase the stigma of those recovering from addiction. Katrina, welcome. Our Brothers Keeper Foundation. Where did that come from? This is hard for me to talk about, but my brother passed away from an overdose on January 14th, 2022. And... I felt like I had to do something and it just came to me to do this, to um, start a nonprofit. I mean, it initially started off as a walk. We were going to do a, an addiction awareness walk. And I posted on Pittston community page asking if anyone wanted to get involved. And it just blew up into a nonprofit foundation and we're doing big things now. So yes. you're getting the word out. And again, our condolences for your loss of your brother. Would you like to tell us a little bit about him? My brother's name was Christopher Gettner, who was my older brother. The only one that I had. Um, I have a bunch of younger siblings. He was just a really giving person. He actually struggled with addiction for a long time, as I did as well. He ended up losing his son to muscular dystrophy. And when that happened, it was just, he never really forgave himself for it. He blamed himself. He couldn't believe in himself enough to actually take the steps and stay clean and sober. Yeah, I love him and uh, I miss him a lot. I like to think that he's okay now. One of the reasons that you got this our Brothers Keepers Foundation started was not only for your brother's memory, but also to help others. How do you hope it helps them? Well, the thing is, this is actually what had happened. When I decided to do this, I went on Facebook, we started a page, and I decided I was going to go on there and I was going to tell my story, like the nitty gritty, my story about how I got through addiction and came out on the other end. And when I did that, I got a message from one of my friend's mothers, and this was the first friend that we ever knew that passed away from addiction about 15 years ago. And uh, his mom personally messaged me and said how I was helping her to understand him. And once she did that, that was my sign 
that I'm supposed to do this, supposed to keep going and do my best to try to help others, not only who are the sufferers of substance abuse disorder, but the family members that go through it with them. That's our main goal is just to help others not feel alone and judged. That's the thing. A lot of us really feel judged even once we get sober. Obviously, you have been getting a lot of community support. You've been getting a lot of people who have been contacting you and saying thank you so much. So where do you hope our Brothers Keepers Foundation goes for the future? Well, you know, I was just talking to my 14-year-old son about it last night, and um, I'm not really sure because we we did just start and really didn't expect it to, to catch on. And we didn't expect so much support, which, I mean, it's a great community, and we're so proud of this community right now. I'm hoping that we can grow along with a few other foundations and just continue to help the community and grow larger to involve more communities in the area. So we're just trying to reach out to um, as many of the, the smaller communities and, and get them all involved as well. Pittston, that's where the roots of this are starting from. And you do have an event that is coming up later this month. Can you tell us where and when and give us what's going to be happening there? Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up Pittston because that was the most important thing. I really wanted to put a stamp on this city because I, I grew up here and most of our friends have either lost their lives to addiction or dabbled in it in some way. So Pittston is, it's my heart. Our event, it's called the first annual Alcoholism and Addiction Awareness Family Event. And that's going to be hosted by our foundation, our Brothers Keepers Foundation. It's May 21st and it's beginning at 1 p.m. until dusk. There's going to be resources from many rehabs around the area. There's going to be a table specifically dedicated to mental health issues. We are going to have a Narcan presentation by, she works for the PA Department of Health, her name's Rachel Wydra, and she is going to do a Narcan presentation. That way she can show people how to administer Narcan if they see someone overdosing. There's going to be games for the children, face painting, cornhole, egg toss. We actually have a dunk tank. We are trying to recruit police officers to come in and, and volunteer to get in that. Also, uh, free food. We're going to have hot dogs and hamburgers. It's just an event to really bring the community together and show people that we can be normal again. People like myself who, who struggled with addiction for a long time, I've been sober for seven years now. I'm an active member of the community, and I just want people to see that there are many of us out here doing right in our communities. That's our goal. Where is it going to be held? It's going to be at Jefferson Park in Pittston, which is 99 Cornelius Street. Throw it in your GPS, and we'll be there. And it's a free event? <laughs> Free event, absolutely. And being that we're nonprofit, everything is coming out of pocket for, from the foundation. And I do want to say that I'm really proud of these women that I have on my team. There's only one other person on our team that actually struggled with addiction. The rest of the women just want to help. And it's just they're doing their part. And it's it's an amazing thing to see. And I'm just really proud of these women. Katrina, when people walk away from this event... What are you hoping that the community, not only Pittston, but all of the surrounding communities who hear about this and say, I think I'm going to stop by there because this sounds like something that 
could happen to me? What I'm hoping is that people walk away from this with some type of hope, Um, whether it's hope that they can get clean and and live a normal, productive life or hope from a parent who says, you know, my child really doesn't have to die. And even the people going through it, like there are so many children. That's a huge thing that we're trying to do, too. There's so many children that live in households that live through substance abuse. So we really want to reach out to the kids. We are planning a lot of events for children. Um, The first one being a dance in June. I just hope people walk away with hope and, and love in their hearts for people who are different. Just because we struggle with a different thing that other people struggle with, that it, it doesn't make the feelings any different. There are so many other events out there that bring attention to different types of cancers or other things that people might be suffering from. And you are bringing something that a lot of people don't want to talk about. Absolutely. I do see people bring it up and and the looks that we get. Like, ah, it's hard to say because I don't know what I can say. But even trying to um, get this event set up, we had to jump through a lot of hoops with the city because of the stigma. It's like people don't want to even have it involved in their city, even though this is a positive thing. And it still has that stigma attached that it's addiction. That's sad, really. So that's one of the things that you would like to get across to people. Absolutely. Yes. You have all of the information that we're going to need to know for May 21st. If you wouldn't mind, give it to our listeners one more time. Okay, so this event, it's May 21st, beginning at 1 p.m., and it is at Jefferson Park, 99 Cornelia Street in Pittston. It's an absolutely free event. There will be so many games and fun activities to do for the children and adults There will be plenty of resources. So just come and get with your people. Because if you're going through something, if you have a family member that's struggling with addiction or or your child or your mom, there's going to be plenty of people there who are struggling with the same exact thing. All are welcome. Come on in. If you're, you're struggling with wanting to get sober, you don't know what to do, come to this event. Or send me a message on Facebook. I will be there. What's the Facebook page? It is Our Brothers Keepers Foundation. And get a hold of me or Katrina Gettner on Facebook. Message me personally on I Have Your Back. A basketball tournament? We do have a basketball tournament going on the day of the event. Um, we're having a problem getting volunteers <laughs> to, to actually sign up for that. We definitely uh, could use some, some volunteers for that. In order to do this, as I said before, everything's come out of pocket. So we are having a fundraiser over at Modern Lanes. And I do want to give a shout out to the owners, Mark and Noel. They're amazing people. But this is called Strike Out Addiction, and it's a bowling fundraiser. It is May 7th at noon. Tickets are $15 per person, and that includes two games of bowling, shoes, a hot dog, and a soda. And that starts at noon and continues on for the rest of the day until until we're finished. We are all going to be there. The whole crew will be there. Um, so we will have a lot of resources out there. It'll just be a fun day. Bring the kids. You know, it's going to be a great time. Will people be able to attend and pay when they get there or is this a sign up in advance event? Nope, they can pay when they get there. Absolutely. I do have tickets, but if you want to just walk in, that's that's perfectly fine.
All right, one more time, Katrina. Where and when is the bowling fundraiser? Okay, the bowling fundraiser is May 7th at noon at Modern Lanes, 1948 Wyoming Ave, Exeter, PA. It's May 7th starting at noon. And for $15 per person, you get two games of bowling, you get your shoes, a hot dog, and a soda. And we are also doing sponsorships. Like if anyone would like to go and is maybe contemplating getting sober, come on out and we will cover the cost of your ticket if you'd like to come out and just get to know some people. I'll give you the last word, Katrina. What do you want our listeners to know? I would like to let everyone know first and foremost that it is absolutely nonprofit. We are not asking anyone for anything or making any money off of this. It's just something that we really wanted to do for the community. The second thing is I want everyone to know that no matter who you are or what you're going through, you are welcome at this event, no matter what, at at all of our events. And, you know, moving forward, we hope to have have a lot more things happening and um, a lot more cities involved. Again, that's Katrina Gettner, the founder of Our Brothers Keeper Foundation. Make sure you check out their Facebook page. Now we introduce you to Amy Yannick. She's from Hazleton and is doing great, important work as a Gift of Life ambassador. She's also a Hazleton area high school teacher, and she's bringing the Gift of Life into the classroom. Amy, welcome. A pleasure to have you here. And you are one busy lady How did you become a Gift of Life ambassador? Thank you, Paula. I'm going to give you a little backstory. When I turned 16 in 1991, (laughs) I chose to be an organ donor, not for any connection. I just thought, well, if I don't need them, someone else can have them. And it just happened to be that five years later, in 1996, my father um, went on a a list for a heart transplant. And uh, he waited six months and uh, he finally got one. His donor was an 18-year-old male who was killed in a motorcycle accident. And uh, whether he made the decision to be an organ donor or his family made that for him, I was able to get another seven years with my father. So years passed and um, I'd always been an advocate for organ donation. Um, And as a teacher, I have that opportunity to bring that into my classroom. And a science teacher, especially, I teach anatomy and physiology. So organ donation is a big part of my curriculum. And I had a student who had a brother who had passed away, and he was an organ donor. And she had told me about being an ambassador. So um, this was pre-pandemic. So I got the information about that, signed up for it. And in the meantime, the IU, IU 13, offered the Organ and Tissue Donation Awareness Grant um, to bring into the schools to bring in this education program to our students, which I had said my dad's donor was um, an 18-year-old male and one of my former students had a 16-year-old brother who had passed away. So sometimes these donors are students and it's not something you want to think about, but this is the age group that they're getting their driver's license and this is when time to approach them and talk to them about it and kind of clear up any misconceptions that they have so they understand what the program does and how it does save lives and this was the time that I brought this in. My first presentation to our students here was in October, and we had a teacher who passed away over the summer waiting for a kidney. So that was touching, and that was a connection that I could bring into my students. And here we go. This is my first year doing this in the classroom, the donor dash. I did not get a team together because this, is my, this was my first time doing it in person. 
So I wasn't really sure what to expect and I didn't want to show up with, you know, 20 students scrambling around. So for next year, we will definitely um, be more organized in terms of a team. But we did have a student design our t-shirt for uh, this year. And it wasn't just for the donor dash. It's for um, events that we have in, in the school. Um, and it shows off the creative interpretation of organ donation with our students. It was really nice. You said in the very beginning that you, when you turned 16, decided to become an organ donor. And I'm guessing that that had to do with your driver's license, and that uh-huh. is continuing with your students. Can you talk a little bit about that? And when the students are getting to that point, do they ask you about it? There's right. probably a lot of questions. Yeah, so that's why with this grant we brought in, uh, and actually it, was, it wasn't the grant. It was the fact that I'm an ambassador that I wanted to present this to my students. The grant was to use money for other activities, but we had a presentation to all of our 10th graders in October. So that is, you know, 10th graders, you mean 15, 16, they're, they're getting their license or they will be, you know, asked that question. And then I have some students that have, you know, maybe 18, 17 or 18 that already have their license, they ask how they can go back and change it or if they have to wait until they you know, get a new license and you don't have to. So, I, you know, that's something I explain to them and show them how they can, can do that. But um, I do also do a training program uh, that I've sent out to other teachers and it's just the gift of life license to save lives. And I have them watch the presentation and they take a survey for me. And then that generates, you know, then I can see who might have a connection to organ and tissue donation, who might still have questions. And then that's when I would reach out to those students. So that's how the Hazleton area lifesavers became about. Yes. How does that work at the the school? Do they go among their peers and talk about what they're learning? They do. And my coworkers are fabulous. And anytime I send out materials or the opportunity. So when we had um, on February 14th, which was National Donor Day, I sent out the PowerPoint and the link for the survey to all of our teachers. And I said, could you please? This week, you know, if you have time, please show this to your students in your class. It'll take about 20 minutes and have them complete the survey. So then that's how I could reach the mass of the students because we just present to the 10th graders when we did our presentation. And my volunteers, my students who have signed up as, you know, lifesavers are from 9th through 12th grade. So I'm I'm getting some trained in 9th grade and, and moving them on up so they'll be with me here for the doing this Lifesavers program for the next, uh, you know, three years that they're here in high school. But we had 130 students that completed their survey on February 14th. So that, and then we had about 600 students that were reached by the 10th grade presentation back in October. Hazleton Area High School is a big school. You have yes, a lot. Are. When we're, when you're talking about all this as a teacher that must be a whole different way of looking at it it is all I want to do is put the information out to these students and get them thinking about it and they actually do look at you know their family and I've I've come across so many students that have connections to that. I the student came up and she said, my mother had double cornea transplant. One mother had a bone marrow transplant. So there are students, and because we do have such a big population, there are a lot of students in, and faculty that have a connection to organ donation. And that's what I'm trying to 
tap into that connection so they can see that we're a community. And I actually have a, an event planned for um, May 22nd. We're doing a community event and skate party at a little skating rink we have here in town. And I'm hoping to get some of our um, other Gifts of Life ambassadors there to help and, and share stories and do some fun stuff for organ tissue donation awareness. And is that event open to the public or is that just is. for the stu? Oh, it is. Oh, no, oh it good. Is. It is open us, to the public. Give us the details <laughs> on that. All right. It is May 22nd. It'll be held at the the Strand Roller Rink in McAdoo. And that will run from one o'clock till five. And there'll be some food, some snacks, the skating will be available. We'll have some games, rock painting, some crafts, face painting, just things to get people there talking and, and get, coming together as a community. Tell us a little bit about the Donor Dash. What made you ever decide that that was something you also wanted to work toward? I am, I've been involved with, with 5Ks and any kind of in time there's some um, fundraiser, and especially with the pandemic, um, my friends and I, we were doing 5Ks left and right and half marathons, and we were just uh, trying to get out and stay healthy. And uh, the Donor Dash, I had mentioned a student before, um, her name is Lucy Pinkala. Her brother, Paul, is a student who had passed away in a car accident. And when we were doing this lesson on organ donation in class, and I had asked if any students had a connection, she raised her hand. And why it didn't occur to me with the last name, but it didn't. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my gosh. And I said, and you're the girl who was in the paper because they had they did a story on her in the paper about her doing the donor dash every year. And I said, I will be there with you next year. Well, the next year was was COVID. Um, So I was I did that virtually and I did it virtually last year. So this year was the first time in person. And it was awesome. And again, as you said, now you're looking forward to maybe next year, you'll Mm -hmm. have an entire group to be able to be able to go with you. Amy, it, it certainly is a wonderful thing when the students are involved And you being there on the front lines with your dad and being able to do all of that. It's such an amazing thing when people talk about organ donation. So Uh for anybody who may be listening and may think, I don't know, organ and tissue, just like the students. What are some of the things that you tell them that maybe they didn't realize and were thinking about it in the wrong way all along? Well, one of the first misconceptions, especially with the students, is that if they see that you're an organ donor on your license, the medical staff isn't going to try to save you. (laughs) And that is not true because they don't know anything about your organ donation status until you were at the situation of brain death. They're not looking at that. So that was the, the one thing. Another thing that recently just came up with an adult that surprised me, she had a misconception about health and being an organ donor. And she said that she was told because she has certain conditions like diabetes or, you know, high blood pressure, she's not allowed to be a donor. I said, no, 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 no. I said, there's something called a living donor where you can donate a kidney. And there's a lot of health restrictions with that. But that is something completely different than being an organ and tissue donor. All you need to do is say yes and let the medical staff decide what they can and cannot use at the time of your death. My brother-in-law was had a myriad of health problems, um, and he still donated organ, organs and two organs and tissues and corneas, ligaments, um, and he helped eight people. 
and he had some medical problems. So all you have to do is be willing to say yes and, you know, let the medical staff decide what can and cannot be used. It's more than just heart or Um, kidney. There are so many other things that people are not aware about. You mentioned a few of them. Ligaments, tendons, corneas, um, skin, skin grafts for burn victims. My husband had had a third degree burn on his knee uh, last year and had cadaver skin on it prior to getting a skin graft of, of his own skin. But yeah, it's not just organs. Before I let you go, Amy, what do you want to let our listeners know? Hearing it from someone who's been there, thinking about it or still on the fence, what do you say? What do you have to lose? (laughs) You know, there's that saying, heaven doesn't need your organs. You know, we need them here. Recycle yourself. You get a chance to live twice because the connections that I'm seeing with people that have received organs, you know, same thing with my dad, the donor families. They really appreciate that connection, Um, even though they've lost their loved one. They know that that person lives on. Get to live twice. Thanks again to Amy Yannick of Hazleton for joining us, a Gift of Life ambassador and Hazleton area high school teacher who's bringing it into the classroom. Now don't go away. When Special Edition returns, we get information on the upcoming primary election from AARP. Next on Special Edition, the May primary is coming up on the 17th. AARP Pennsylvania State Director Bill Johnston-Walsh has information that you need to know. Paula, thank you so much for having me on. It has been a roller coaster ride for um, uh, this year for Pennsylvania voters, and the ride is not over yet, I'm sorry to say. It has been, you know, with all the court battles that have been going on about the congressional lines, district lines and now with Act 77 and the vote by mail is now up in the air for the general election. So there's a lot of information that ARP is trying to get out to our members. As you know, every 10 years, the, the, the census is done. The last one was just done in 2020. And uh, we lost a few uh, people here in Pennsylvania, which also means that we lost a congressional seat. So we're going to go from 18 to 17 congressional seats now in the Commonwealth. So that means that the state needed to redraw all of the the congressional lines. And on top of that, they also redistricted, redrew the lines for state House and state Senate as well. So a lot of people will be voting in different uh, congressional and state districts this year. What we're trying to do is we're trying to let people know what are those, how to vote, where to vote, and when to vote. On top of all of that, we also have an open federal Senate seat. Uh, Senator Toomey is retiring and, and giving up his seat, and so there's an open seat there. And then the other piece of it is that we have an open governor's race, as we all know. Tom Wolf is at his at, at his end of his two terms, uh, his eight years, and you know we have another opening. And there's a lot of people running on both sides for all of these open seats. So it's just a lot of information being thrown out there to, to everyone as well as all of these new lines, district lines, and can you mail, can you vote by mail, can you not, what's going on with that? So that's what AARP is trying to do. We're trying to educate our members, educate all Pennsylvanians on how to vote, when to vote, and where to vote this year. Bill, are there any particular issues that AARP is focusing on, especially, again, it's a primary. So those who make it in the primary are going to go in November. So are there certain things that we should be looking at now that might 
make an impact depending on how the primary goes? In addition to obviously the, the education on, on how to vote, where to vote, and when to vote, we're, we're trying to get that out so that people can get the polls. But we're also looking at uh, important key issues that are impacting um, Pennsylvanians both at the federal level and at the state level. So we're looking at Social Security. We're looking at Medicare. You know, we have to make sure that those are shored up. We have to make sure that our congressional folks and, and the, uh, the U.S. Senate seat, they, they realize what's going on. The other important issue at the federal level is, is prescription drugs. We need to make sure that we're able, that, that all Americans and all Pennsylvanians are able to afford their prescription drugs. And we've been really pushing that um, at, the, at the federal level. At the state level, with, with the open uh, House and Senate, state House and Senate races, as well as the governor's race, we're, you know, we're looking, obviously, always at property taxes to make sure that people can stay in the community as long as possible. We're looking at telemedicine issues. We're looking at long-term care issues, uh, keeping people you know, in their homes instead of having to go into uh, nursing facilities, um, you know, because that's what they want. They want to stay in the communities with their families. Um, we're looking at financial pieces, you know, how to save for retirement. Um, you know, those are all things that we're going to be bringing up with uh, both the, the federal and state uh, officials and candidates and their teams as we move forward to the general election um, in November. And again, uh, as part of the education process is so many new faces, as you said, with districts being changed around and new people coming in and old people going out. Are there places that people would be able to find that kind of information as in how some of the candidates are on some of those particular issues that are going to mean a lot to them? Well, obviously, they can, they, you know, research is very important. You know, you have to research the candidates to make sure that they, they, um, they really fit with, with what, how, you, how you think as an individual um, it was interesting, you know, I, I always talk about a strong voting block of the 50 plus, and I just want to just give you a number here. Uh, uh, you know, back in 2020, a little over 6.7 million Pennsylvanians voted um, in the 2020 election. Of that 6.7 million, 54% of them were over the age of 50. So that is one strong voting block. So, you know, we always say at ARP that, that our members, you know, they vote. They vote every time you're able to vote. They, they believe that voting is a right, um, and they're educated. Um, they, they really want to know how, how these candidates are going to impact them. Um, so, we, so what we do at ARP is, you know, you can go to ARP.org, uh, um, you know, talks about our federal issues there, um, you know, ARP.org slash PA. Um, also gives you the state issues that we're working on to really give to give um, Pennsylvanians the really the thoughts and you know what they need to be looking out for as they come to these decisions on their own. Yeah, it helps when you go into the polls or however you're going to vote uh, with that information because sometimes you don't realize exactly what the different candidates, how they feel about certain things. So, again, you're also trying to get folks out to the polls, and I know there's still a lot of contention about mail-in ballots and all those types of different things, but for our listeners, what up front, do they need to know as far as voting? Primary day, yep, they, got, they have to go out on Tuesday, May 17th. They have to go um, and, and, and vote. 
Um, it's, it's the polls are open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. But before that, you know, on um, Monday, May 2nd is the deadline. If they're not registered to vote or they want to change their party affiliation, they have until Monday, May 2nd to do that. And they can they can do that by mail or they can go into into their election office in their county to be able to do that. Um, also, you know, right now, as, as you mentioned, we do have early um, uh, in-person voting, and you're able to do that by, by mail or going to your county election office um, to be able to do that. So you can fill out your mail-in ballot or your absentee ballot, and then you can do it right there at the county, um, county election office and hand it in, or you can mail it in. Um, and then um, the mail-in and absentee ballots must be received by uh, on primary day by Tuesday, May 17th at eight o'clock. Um, our recommendation is that if you're close to that time period, do not mail it because they're not going to be looking at any postmark on that. They want to see it in their hands on the 17th by 8 p.m. So our recommendation is that you go to your voting place and you hand it in or you go to your county election office and you hand it in there as well. Um, those are key things. And then of course, always, you know, if you feel comfortable and you can get out to your, your voting, voting place. Um, you know, you can vote um, in person on election day, Tuesday, May 17th. Um, you're able to do that as well. Just curious before I have to let you go, have you had any feedback on older voters in Pennsylvania as far as the um, mail-in ballots are concerned? Because I know there's still some discussion whether they'll continue, whether they won't. Have you been hearing pros and cons? Um, uh, yeah, from, from our members and from, from older Pennsylvanians, we've been hearing that um, a lot of them did utilize it in twenty and 2020. Um, you know, the Act 77 passed in 2019. So, so, so the election in, in 2020 was the first time that we were able to utilize it. And a lot, a lot of older Pennsylvanians, 50 plus, were able to utilize that. From my understanding for this year, there's people that are asking for it. Um, and, and they're sending it in. Uh, we just don't know if they're they're going to, you know, hand it in. Um, they just have it in their back pocket just in case they don't get to go to the to uh, the, the the voting uh, booth on uh, the 17th. But um, a lot of people are still asking for the uh, the mail-in and absentee ballot. Thanks, Bill. AARP.org has all the information. Coming up next, details on an autism event and Lackawanna Give Back Festival on Special Edition. Now on Special Edition, information on two upcoming events. Both are free. One happening at Montage and this one at the Pocono Raceway. Veronica Demarest with HK Group is here with the details. I am. We are very excited and honestly very humbled at the response we've already had. We have an autism awareness event sponsored by H&K Group. will be hosted at the Pocono Raceway on Friday, June 3rd. And the event itself is from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And there is so much going on. Oh, well, don't keep us in suspense, Veronica. <laughs> what do we got? Oh, my goodness. So uh, to start off, as you would expect, there's going to be not one, but two races. The first one, if you're familiar with Pocono Raceway, they call it the Tricky Triangle. It is a two and a half mile race all the way around the track. 
There is also a fun run, which is right around Pit Road, if you're familiar with where the checkered flag typically flies when the races are going on. So that's about a three-quarter mile smaller run. Of course, we have the entire track for the day. So if anybody wants to go for a walk out and back, any distance they would like to participate in, they're welcome to do so. And a fun little element that we have added this year, you think Pocono Raceway, you think country, we have some country line dancing going on throughout the duration of the event um, in a separate area with our own sound system, our own DJ for the day. There will be a few lessons sprinkled in for those people who are curious and might want to learn as well. Oh my goodness. We have, of course, H&K. If you are not already familiar with our wonderful company, they have been in business for over 50 years and they are a very large construction company spanning actually across three states. We have a few divisions located locally in North East PA who are supporting this event. But when you think construction, construction on the side of the road, those curiosity delays, who doesn't love a great construction vehicle? So we're going to have a touch a truck sponsored by H&K. So some fun vehicles. We're going to have our simulator there, which is a virtual reality training truck that we have for our actual employees for training, along with some other little surprises I don't want to give away. We also have a business expo that we are encouraging a lot of local businesses to participate in. We already have a great variety of businesses coming for the day. Everything from personal uh, home goods and services to other business professional services that will be represented there. So we've got the race, the walk, the business expo, the touch a truck. Of course, there's music. Of course, there's going to be food. We have a water sponsor, so plenty of water for the day for all of our participants. Participation is $25 for the individuals, but that comes with a free t-shirt with um, the logo for the day. Again, um, the slogan for the day is autism awareness, one piece at a time, and a goodie bag and a free raffle. Oh, that's the other thing I forgot to mention. We have an amazing raffle table already started with a huge huge variety of raffle items. There will be additional raffle items that are available for sale. And again, all proceeds for this are going to not just one, but two local beneficiaries. It was very important to H&K to keep the beneficiaries local to Northeast PA. So we have the ARC of Northeast PA as well as SAFE, which stands for Supporting Autism and Families Everywhere. So again, all proceeds for everything we have going on that day is going to be divided equally to both beneficiaries um, for the day. So, so much going on, so much opportunity for businesses, families, individuals to come out and just have a great time at the Pocono Raceway. Now, does this have to be done in advance, Veronica, or can people just show up the day of the event? Individual participation, uh, welcome to show up the day of the event um, and register. I would say that business expo, raffle items, of course, for businesses, we would like you to register um, and talk to me prior to ensure that we have space for you and we can get you registered and set up. Especially if you want a country line dance, we do have a lot of groups and organizations across a couple states to make sure we have your songs lined up and ready to go. There are a couple options for contacting me, but for those families and individual participants who want to come that day, you can show up the day of and register and pay the day of. And you also have a lot of people helping you out on all different sponsorship levels. Now, I know there was a cutoff 
for a lot of people to get in touch with you. But if people are hearing about this for the first time, are there things that they can do in order to help? Absolutely. Um, You are correct. So our sponsorship cutoff was this week. However, like I had mentioned, and we really do welcome because this also is a great way to support our local businesses as well. And I know that this cause is near and dear to a lot of people personally and professionally. The Business Expo, honestly, up until a week or two before the event, local businesses especially can still register for the Business Expo up until the event is ready to go. So there's still plenty of time for the business expo and with staffing going on if you don't quite have the people to participate that day but you want to promote your business and support this great event a raffle item is a really great way to do that we've had a wide variety of businesses who've provided gift cards gift certificates raffle baskets and that's a great way to help raise money through the sales of raffle tickets for the beneficiaries but also as participants win your raffle item it's going to encourage traffic flow to your local business and show you you, that you supported this event. So there's two different ways, even after the sponsorship cutoff, that local businesses can still participate. And how would they go about getting in touch with you? So I have a couple different ways, email, our company website, and my cell phone. And I'd be happy to give you all of the above. I'm ready. Okay. So our company website is www.hkgroup.com. Right on our homepage, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see the bright blue banner that shows our slogan, again, autism awareness, one piece at a time, and you're one click away from all the information you need for the forms and the registration and my contact information, or you're welcome to email me. Again, my name is Veronica Damaris, so my email is vdamaris, D-E-M-A-R-E-S-T at hkgroup.com. Or my work cell phone, which I welcome phone calls or text messages, is 484-925-6483. How did your group get involved with this? Well, actually, H&K, again, being in business for over 50 years, personally and professionally, has a long-standing history of doing annual events for families and children with special needs. So they've been doing a variety of events. Again, we do operate, as I mentioned before, in three states. Our headquarters are down in Skipback. So we have done some annual events in the past related to causes and beneficiaries such as this. So hopefully for those of your listeners, who are familiar with H&K, this shouldn't come as any surprise. And for a lot of the H&K employees and families and our business partners, this, again, as I mentioned, is very near and dear to our hearts personally and professionally. So coming out of COVID and not being able to do this for a few years, it was really important for us to get back into supporting our local communities. Well, it sounds like you've pulled out all the stops and Friday, June 3rd is going to be a big day at Pocono Raceway. So, Veronica, if you would give our listeners the whole recap of what they can expect, when it is, where it is and who it benefits. Absolutely. So please come join us on Friday, June 3rd. The event itself is from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Sponsored by H&K Group Incorporated. Hosted by the very own Pocono Raceway. It is rain or shine. There is so much to do for families and businesses. We have two races. 
We have walk. We have our own unique country line dancing going on. We have a business expo. We have a touch a truck. We have other little surprise activities that I won't give away. There is going to be food, music, and plenty to do for anyone who wants to come out and join us that day. So if you're a business or a family or individual participant, please do not hesitate to get in touch with me and H&K Group. And there are some familiar names in our area that will benefit from the day. Absolutely. The ARC of Northeast PA and SAFE, supporting autism and families everywhere. And somehow, Veronica, you're involved. I think it's going to be a sunshine day. I, my fingers are crossed. And considering how wonderful this event is turning out so far, it has to be a sunshine day. Veronica Demarest with the HK Group. Now we meet Brenda Sacco, Director of Economic Development in Lackawanna County. She has your invitation to the Lackawanna Give Back Festival that we here at Odyssey are proud to be a part of. Brenda, you have something exciting coming up. In La- There's always something exciting in Lackawanna County, but you have something exciting that you want to tell us about. What's happening? Absolutely. On Saturday, May 14th at the Pavilion at Montage Mountain, uh, Lackawanna County is going to be featuring Give Back on the Mountain Music Fest. It will be from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's going to feature local musicians. We're going to have 70 plus vendors and they will be displaying crafts, And there will be food trucks, restaurants, and much, much more. It's going to be a great family fun day filled with lots of activities and and food and and beverages. And we're going to be displaying many of our local vendors. So it'll be a great opportunity to do some shopping as well. That sounds like worth getting involved in. So if people are hearing about this perhaps for the first time, do they have to get tickets in advance? Can they just decide when they wake up that morning? I heard about that. Now I think I want to go. How does that work? They can just wake up that morning and at 12 p.m. it starts and it ends at 8 p.m. There's a free admission. So you can just go right up to the gates. Parking is free and there'll be lots of live entertainment and uh, fun things to do all day. So You know, if you're planning to come for all eight hours, that's great. Otherwise, you can just go with your day and whatever time works, uh, you can come and there'll be free admission. And it's, again, a a family-friendly event. Oh, you said the magic word there, free. That makes everything so much better. And talking Absolutely. about talking about all of the, the different bands that are going to be there, do you have a few that our listeners might recognize the names? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have um, Clarence Spady Band. We are going to have the Exact Change Band. We're going to have Mark Woodyat. We're going to have Doug Smith Dixieland, uh, Jay. Luke, uh, Modern Ties, Picture Perfect, Danielle, Giants of Science, Lightweight Band, Leanne and Company. So there's there's going to be over 20 some bands performing throughout the day on two different stages. Well, you have something for everybody's taste. Now, people who are listening to that may have said, oh, that's that my favorite band, but I don't know. Is there a place that people can go to find out when and where they're going to be performing? Absolutely. You can go to LackawannaGiveBack.com and it will list the vendors and the entertainment. Where did Lackawanna Give Back Festival come from? 
The commissioners wanted to give back to our local musicians and our small businesses. So uh, last year in 2021, we had the musician grant. It was called the Music Reopening Grant Program, where we had given out over, over 70 grants to local musicians. And some of those local musicians were chosen to play on May 14th at the Give Back event. Again, it's free and it's going to support the reopening of Lackawanna County and support the travel and hospitality and leisure industry. Well, it certainly sounds like there is going to be something for everyone there, whether it's music or food or and all of these vendors that are going to be there are local, as in Lackawanna County or Northeast PA? Northeast PA. We're happy to be part of that. Our folks here at Odyssey are getting the word out to let people know. Do you hear often, Brenda, oh, there's nothing to do here? We do. And and again, I think this event is going to be one that hopefully will continue for years to come. We're displaying our, our local musicians, our, our local vendors and, and small businesses. And I think it's going to be a really fun-filled day event for everyone. And again, it's free. I'm going to give you the last word here, Brenda. Tell us where, tell us when, tell us anything else that we may have forgotten to mention about the upcoming Lackawanna Give back festival well it's saturday may 14th at the pavilion at montage mountain from 12 p.m to 8 p.m so come out and support our local businesses again free admission free parking and it should be a fun filled day for everyone and somehow i think the weather is going to be perfect i agree may 14th montage mountain it's free see you there thanks for listening to special edition a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.